being a woman subjectively has never been fun. And I say that because I am a man and being a man just seems like it's so much better in every conceivable way. All right. Women have had to deal with a lack of rights, being treated unfairly, confined to kitchens and so on. It's now granted it's better today to be a woman than it has been in the past. And today's subject was just not okay with living life as a woman in the 1500s. This is one of history's first great female pioneers this week on our weird world. Our weird world. Welcome to our weird world. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week, I am telling you the story of Catalina de Erauso. That's about as good as a Spanish accent as you're going to get. Uh, she was a Spanish woman who did not want to subject her, subject herself to living the life uh, that was expected of her as a woman. Now, the primary source for this story is her autobiography, which for me felt really tough to follow. Like there aren't a lot of transitions in the story. It really just jumps from one crazy event to the next. So strap in, try to stay with me. It's story time. Story time. Catalina de Erausos. I can't roll my R's. Catalina de Erauso. Uh, she was born on February 10th, 1592 in San Sebastian, Spain. Her father was an important military figure in the Spanish army, and she spent a lot of her childhood learning about war from her father and her brother. And she loved it. Like that. She was just all about all of the war. However, she entered, uh, she was put into a convent at four years old to be educated on, quote, the tasks appropriate to their sex, and then later, quote, betrothed as God intended, uh, you know, because that's all that women were, you know, and some people think that they still are. Not, not, not me, not me, um, but, but quite a few people probably still hold those beliefs. Um, but Catalina wasn't having any of that, and despite... Being transferred to an even stricter Catholic school, Catalina refused to take her vows. She was sent to a cell for fighting with a widow, and at that point she came to the conclusion that she wasn't going to have a happy life living as a woman. On March 18th, 1600, she found the keys to the convent just hanging on the wall and just, like, let herself out, and she ran away. And once she was free, she cut her hair, taped down her lady bits, and threw on some men's clothes and began living life as a man. She made her way to Vitoria, 20 miles south of San Sebastian, and found shelter with a local doctor named Francisco de Serralta. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> Francisco spent the next three months teaching Catalina Latin, but when he tried to rape her because, uh, of course, that was going to happen, uh, she, Catalina stole whatever money she could find in his house and hired a mule driver to take her to another city. A short while later, she arrived in Valladolid, I'm guessing. I probably, I don't know, Valladolid, uh, maybe, uh, where King Philip II's court uh, resided. She got a job working as a page and spent the next seven months there before being forced to run away once again when her father showed up uh, actually looking for her. So she left Valladolid, I don't know. Anyway, she left there and went to Bilbao, but struggled to find a job, and while she was there, another guy tried to rape her, but she beat him up. And for that, she was sent to prison for a month before she moved on to work as a page in another town. 
And for the next two years, Catalina worked as a servant uh, for wealthy for a wealthy family before deciding to move back to San Sebastian to care for her family. Over the next several months, Catalina continued living as a man. She spoke to several relatives and friends from her old convent, but no one actually recognized her. They just thought that she was just some random dude that had showed up into town. And uh, unfortunately, though, life in San Sebastian got boring pretty quickly, and Catalina bounced around some more and eventually ended up traveling to South America with her uncle. Now, whether or not her uncle actually knew that he was traveling with his niece, it isn't clear. Um, But... She arrived in Punta de Araya in Venezuela and immediately got into a fight with a Dutch pirate. After spending a few days in Cartagena, Colombia, uh, Catalina was forced to board a ship with her uncle to head back to Spain. However, Catalina was not about to head back to Europe. Instead, she shot and killed her uncle, stole 500 pesos, and then ran off and got on another ship. And rather than return to Spain, Catalina sailed the opposite direction to Panama and began working on various ships for a variety of merchants. During one trip to Ecuador, a strong storm destroyed the ship she was on and forced her to actually swim to shore. And according at least to her autobiography, she was the only survivor of the shipwreck. And then, so, once she swam back to shore, she traveled to Peru um, and found work with a guy who gave her a home, new clothes, and three slaves to work with. I think it was the 1600s. Um, one night she decided to treat herself to a night on the town and attend a show at the local comedy theater. And while she was there, she got into a fight with a young man and ultimately cut his face off. That's, I mean, that's kind of the wording (laughs) that she used, which I guess is different than cutting his head off. She just kind of like, I guess, sliced off his nose and lips and eyes. Maybe. I don't know. Um, although she was arrested for that, uh, her, you know, the guy that had given her a job and the slaves and all that worked out a deal with the police to have her freed on the sole condition that she marry the aunt of the boy whose face she had cut off. Because at this point, she's still living life as a man. Everyone thinks that she's a man. And so she's being treated like one. And her boss works out a deal with the police so that she could, so that Catalina would end up marrying the aunt of the boy whose face she had cut off. Um, and, you know, Catalina didn't want people to figure out that she wasn't a man. And so in order to make sure that she kept that secret, she refused to marry because obviously on the wedding night, the aunt would kind of figure out, oh, hey, you're not a dude. Like we've got the same parts and we live in a time where, you know, two female outlets don't, you know, mash together or however they do that. Um <laughs> Sorry. Um, instead, Catalina moved to the town of Trujillo and worked in a new store that uh, her boss had opened up. <clears throat> Unfortunately, uh, the cutoff face boy returned to challenge Catalina again. This time he brought reinforcements. Catalina didn't back down and ended up killing one of the other men that the boy with the cutoff face um, you know, brought with him. She was arrested again, but her boss got her out of prison and sent her to Lima with a letter of recommendation for another guy, which ultimately awarded her control over a shop belonging to a wealthy merchant in the city. Everything went really well for about nine months before she was found fondling the store owner's sister. All right. So now she's living life really hardcore as a guy, you know, I mean, and honestly, you know, most men in her life had tried to rape her. So she probably just thought that that's what she had to do as a man. Or maybe she was just into chicks. I don't know. You know, not like being a lesbian's a new thing. I mean, they've always been lesbians. But uh, anyway, so where am I? I lost my spot. Now I'm back. I'm not even going to edit this out. I'm not going to polish this turd for you guys. Um, (laughs) 
So she was found fondling the store owner's sister, but rather than going to prison again, she enlisted in the Spanish army in 1619, who was commanded by Gonzalo Rodriguez, whose ultimate goal was to conquer Chile. Um, This time, Catalina was free to kill people without getting in trouble, and she made a name for herself as a ruthless conqueror, killing practically every Indian that stood in her way. And when she arrived in Chile, she was shocked to find that her brother Miguel had become the country's secretary of the governor. However, Miguel didn't recognize her. You know, he just, again, thought that Catalina was just some random guy. And Catalina spent the next three years in Chile before being banished to the land belonging to the Indians for fondling Miguel's girlfriend. Right. So that's that's pretty cool. I think, you know, like, you know that that's your brother's girlfriend. He doesn't know that it's you. And then you're just going to you're going to try to seduce his own girlfriend. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's real. If it's real, if that actually happened, that's pretty insane. Um, Although she had been banished, Catalina was still a soldier and continued massacring every Indian she could get her hands on. Her ruthlessness ultimately prevented her from ascending the military ranks, which actually left her frustrated. And to ease her anger on that, Catalina just began killing everyone she came across, including the chief auditor in the city of Concepcion. And this earned her a six-month stay locked up in a church prison. And when she was released, her brother challenged her to a duel because, you know, she had pretty much just, or Catalina had pretty much ruined his life. Catalina won the duel, um, you know, indicating that she killed her brother because duels typically don't end in people, you know, living. Um, Catalina won, and for that, she was given another eight-month prison sentence. When she got out, Catalina fled to Argentina, but during her trek across the Andes Mountains, she got stuck and almost died. However, a a villager from the nearby uh, town of Tucumán saved her life, and as a show of gratitude, Catalina promised to marry both the daughter of an Indian widow and the niece of a local church member. So now she's gone from refusing to marry so that people wouldn't find out that she was actually a a woman to just full-blown polygamy here. Sure. Okay. However, Catalina changed her mind, married neither of them, but ran off with both of the dowries from the families uh, prior to the wedding. Um, A few weeks later, uh, Catalina arrived in Bolivia and joined their army so she could kill more Indians. And after a brief stay in prison for a crime she didn't actually commit this time, Catalina decided to give up her life of Indian murder and instead just started stealing wheat and cattle. But eventually, like, that, that urge to just kill again brought her back and uh she murdered another man in peru after she got into another fight with him this time however rather than just a few months prison sentence she was sentenced to death and that should be the end of the story you know but instead catalina was saved from execution after another prisoner was sentenced to death in her place how that happened i don't know but you know didn't really get into details on that but Now she's back out and almost immediately after her release, she's sentenced to a five month prison sentence in a church for killing a jealous husband in a duel, you know? So she had already, you know, gotten his brother's girlfriend to cheat on him with her. Now she got another guy's girlfriend or wife to cheat on, on her husband with her. It gets confusing, I guess. Um, but after that prison sentence, uh, she moved to La Paz, killed another person and got another death sentence. So now that should be the end of the story, right? No. Prior to the execution, just before the execution, Catalina began to confess and used that distraction, 
you know, where she's just like, hey, whoa, hey, you can't kill me. I'm actually a woman. And for some reason that, you know, threw everyone off guard enough, like, oh man, that was actually, I thought that was a dude. And while they're trying to figure out what's going on, Catalina stole a loaf of communion bread and fled the execution site. Uh, fast forward to 1623 when Catalina got into another fight and was sentenced to death again. This is death sentence number three. Seeing no other way out of this when she finally, you know, she revealed that she was a woman again. And to make things better, um, you know, she she told them or she told her executioners that she was not just a woman, but she had been in a convent and was still a virgin. And at that point, like authorities had no choice but to let her go because they had weird rules like that and instead just decided to put her on a ship back to Spain. When Catalina arrived back in Spain, she began petitioning the Spanish crown to reward her for all of the killings she did on their behalf in South of America in South America, and she eventually made her way to Pope Urban VIII to make a formal request for it. The problem, however, was that she had been using various aliases along the way, and while she had a ton of witnesses who had known her by her male names, no one had had any idea this entire time, and this is a couple of decades at this point, no one had any idea that Catalina had pretending to be a man the entire time. Which, like, I mean, look, there aren't any pictures of this woman, but you have to look really manly. Like, you just gotta have a strong jawline and short hair like heavy tape job across the boobs, you know, no, you know, backside or anything like that. And just, re- you know, deeper voice. And to be, I mean, to be able to fool hundreds, if not thousands of different men over multiple decades, that's pretty impressive. All right. Um, so no one at that point, no one believed Catalina, you know, like, Everyone knew of the aliases that she had, you know, thrown out there, but no one believed that Catalina was that guy or those guys. And so because of that, um, Catalina just, you know, she wasn't going to get her military pay. So she hopped back on a ship and sailed across the ocean back to Mexico. Eventually, Catalina died in 1650 while working as a mule skinner somewhere near Mexico City. Now, sources differ on how she died. Some say she died in a boating accident. Others say it happened along a caravan of mules while she was carrying cargo. The The general consensus is that she died involving mules of some sort. I don't know. Um, her remains were placed in the Church of the Royal Hospital of Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception of the Juaninos Brothers because Catholics have to have crazy long names for their churches like that. And uh, yeah, just like that, that is the end of our story. that is a lot for just one woman and you know like i said i don't know if all of it really happened or if catalina made up a lot of those stories but i don't have a real reason to doubt her you know it's just a a crazy story you know just because it was a lesbian in the 1600s who lived as a man for over two decades and killed an unknown number of people maybe it all happened sure it did seems seems legit It, it it probably happened most of it probably happened but let's see what we learned today what did we learn 
Number one, it was apparently not that hard to pass off living as a man in Spain or South America in the 1600s. I mean, it must have been a really good disguise if her own family could not recognize her. Number two, apparently it was not a big deal to run into members of your own family on the other side of the world in 1600s, in the 1600s. Uh, And number three, it's easy to forget that Americans weren't the only people to mistreat the natives in North and South America. The Spanish were absolutely ruthless in their colonization of South America. And as a white person, that makes me feel a little less bad about what Americans did to the natives. Next week on Our Weird World, we're going to look back at a couple of states that existed for a short time in America. Uh, The 50 states that we know today could have been a little bit different had some people actually been paying attention. You'll learn all about it next week. So as always, thank you for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird. (laughs) 